What's up, y'all? Welcome to our uh, first interview of the day. Today, we are posting two of the interviews we did for the special guest interview. If you saw that on Instagram, they're what we are looking for a special expert. We did it last year, but we want to take some more time because we didn't live up to our own expectations last year. And um, first interview, think I think it went great, but just to let you know why we chose this person based on the answers out of these questions and to let you know, to get to know the special expert because we only have them for one or two episodes. Austin, I think this interview went great. What do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a good interview. We'll have to see how it compares to the second one. Make sure to listen to that one as well because it's going to be a tough choice between the both of them. Both the interviews are great. But yeah, this one is good. It is, uh, we asked a, a ton of really tough questions, ones that are really going to make or break our decision, but we, we have a lot to go off of. Yeah. And it can, and it, this one did get intense. We'll see how the second one goes. Um, but yeah, keep, keep on the lookout for Instagram. When we do announce this, Austin and I are going to spend a lot of time discussing the interviews, looking at resumes, looking at how they answered and how quickly they answered. So let us know what you think. And it, I think it's a fun thing for the viewer. Not a fun thing for us because we have to decide who we are choosing in this quest for the perfect bracket. If you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure to check out our trailer. Great job on that. Once again, Austin, with the trailer. Oh, th thank you. I mean, that that I wanted to do it. I wanted to do a voiceover. I wanted to make sure that we got it right. And I think we did a great job. Thank you for uh, editing it, getting all the clips together. It was, it was greatly planned. Yes, it was greatly planned. Really fun. And this is why... As mentioned in the interview, this is our coverage starting for March Madness. We'll keep posted on updates on March Madness and who we choose and other videos because we will have a video with a special guest when the brackets are announced and then you can compete against that bracket. And uh, I think that's all I got, Austin. Do you want to head into the interview? Yeah, let's go in. Welcome to our special guest interview. I'm joined by the voiceover king and our special guest, and I'll let him introduce himself, uh, Jake. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Jake. Um, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I have been doing March Madness for, what, coming on 10 years now, and and so I'm really happy to be here and to discuss uh, March, or to even get the opportunity to discuss March Madness. So why do you consider yourself an expert? What have you done in the past that proves your expertise in this category? Well, expert. I mean, I don't think personally, I personally, I don't think anyone's an expert on March Madness because March Madness is so mad. And so um, I do think I'm pretty good at it, though, because between the years of 2016 and 2018, I correctly predicted the, the champion. And I'm really good at recognizing um, Cinderella runs and when people are when, or when teams are overhyped, such as Georgetown two years ago. I predict everyone was like, oh, Georgetown might go far. I said, no, no they're not going to upset. Colorado and they didn't. I mean, that, I mean, it was very unanimous that Colorado was going to lose that game. If I remember correctly, I might not. Um, I also correctly predicted Oregon State to go on their run um, that year because I, what I do is I watch the teams the weeks prior to March Madness starting, and you can get a glimpse of the way a team a team meshes and um, their performance levels and uh, their matchups that they have, and based on the weeks prior to the, the season starting. And so it gives you a good idea of uh, how they're going to perform just a week later after their uh, conference championships. So you've mentioned teams that you think could be overhyped. Um, 
What um, is a team that you think could be overhyped? You don't have to go fully into it, but right now. This season? Yes. This season? Hmm. I think Kansas might be overhyped a little bit. Kansas, uh, they lost a lot of their players last year, and they, they, they brought back Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick can shoot the ball, but they're also very young. And we've seen them perform very poorly on very, on, new, on a couple occasions when they've been under pressure. And so um, I think that they could be they could break a lot of brackets this year. I also think Alabama might be in a little bit of a disarray. You mentioned that uh, certain things go into uh, making your picks. And you obviously said that you had that streak of success between uh, 16 and 18, picking the champion. What are you looking for a champion? What, what is your key criteria? Just say two or three things that you think a champion always has. Well, a champion always has phenomenal defense and they always rebound the ball. So if you get a good rebounding team, they're going to win, they're going to win championships. And they also have depth. Those are the three things I look for depth, rebounding and defense. Cause if you're a good team, if you're, if you're, if you're going to win the national championship, you're going to be a top scoring team. I mean, that's just, that's a given. You have to score the basketball. And so the other three things that I mostly look at, are defense, rebounding, and depth, because you got to give your starters a rest, which is the only exception was UNC last year, making it all the way to the national championship. That was the one time that I have seen a team make it that far without a lot of depth. And then um, what was the first team that kind of gave you those reasons um, why you choose that or chose those criteria? North Carolina in 2017. I watched them all year because my family is from North Carolina. And so I was a big UNC fan. I still am sort of. <laughs> and uh, so I saw the way that I, I was able to see how deep they were that year. Um, they had like one of the top, def- a couple of top defenders in the league coming off of the bench. But, and they, they also had rebounding and they had a lot of seniors too, a lot of older juniors and seniors who have been there and have, who have experienced um, the tournament before. And so they, they had nine, 10 players that they could throw on the court comfortably um, and who could score the basketball and play good defense. And so that's, that's, that was the first team that really solidified that those three criteria for me. So I'm going to ask you kind of a two headed question here. What is your favorite March Madness year? And what is your best prediction wise? Ooh, my best prediction wise was probably that UNC year when they won it in 2017. Because I got, I don't remember which region it was, but I got one entire region correct. I didn't get one incorrect that year. I think it was the East. It was whichever one had Oregon in it. Um, and so I correctly predicted that entire region. The, the, we're not going to talk about one of the other regions, but um, <laughs> I got one entire region correct. And that was, I was so proud of that. Um, but the craziest year, my favorite year, was probably the year when Loyola went on their run. Uh, Zion Williamson was playing for Duke. Taco, that Taco Fall game against Duke was phenomenal. Virginia, first time uh, a one seed lost to a 16 seed that year. Um, there was a lot of fun in that in that March Madness. Yeah, 2018 was a great year. Was the year you're mentioning? That was amazing. Yes. You, you said you got yes. the champion right there too, so you picked Villanova. So that's that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. with all that madness going around. You still picked the champion. Yeah, the the one good thing going for me that year, I guess. <laughs> 2018, was that the second time? Brunson was still on that team, right? Or no? 
Uh, yes, I believe Brunson yeah. was still on a team because so, he, he yeah. won he won both. That was the year they played Michigan. Yeah, it was, he and DiVincenzo, I believe, were on a team. Yes, okay. and that's was where DiVincenzo dropped like thirty something. Yeah, Mikel was wasn't a Mikel Bridges, or wasn't he Villanova too? Yes, he was. I was he on twenty eighteen though? I think he was. I, I think, think he was on both teams. Sadiq Bay was on that team, I think. Oh, in twenty eighteen. That's what I'm saying, man. There's so much depth <laughs> on that team. And, and a great defender. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he won the national championship with Villanova in 2018, Mikel Bridges. Yeah, that's a, that's a stacked roster. And like you mentioned, there was just a lot of good players. And, uh, yeah, they had five NBA players on that team. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Um, so, we've talked um, – favorite years what speaking of a great team with nba players what is the greatest college team ever that is a tough question to answer um when when answering it because i know it's really tough if you consider the 60s do do modern so say since probably uh the do 90s to now because i know looking back to the 60s i think the answer probably has to be one of those uh undefeated UCLA teams if we're talking just by pure dominance but I, I want your opinion on modern times because it, it's really really hard if you consider those early UCLA, uh, L, UCLA teams with Bill Walton or Kareem um shoot okay um I do I mean the mid 2010s Villanova Wildcats were crazy just <laughs> I mean, we already mentioned that so um, I do think, hmm, I don't know, yeah, because if we had to, like, if we could do it all time, you, I mean, you would have to say, like, the 60s Bru- UCLA Bruins and all that. Um, maybe, what, what year was that Kemba Walker-UConn team? I mean, that was pretty impressive. Uh, that Kimba Walker team, I believe that was 2011. I'm checking right now. Yeah, it was 2011. Hmm. That, that was a pretty good team. Um, I don't know. Uh, honestly, the, even though they didn't win the national championship, the, the 2016, 2017 Kentucky Wildcats stood out to me because they had Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. And that was an impressive, uh, impressive uh, trio to watch. Um, even though they lost to UNC in the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, the Elite 8. Um, that was an impressive team that I really enjoyed watching. Um, that 2017 uh, UNC Tar Heels were, were very impressive too because they had a bunch of rebounders. They had a guy who could play in the post. They had a sharpshooter in Justin Jackson. They had uh, Theo Pinson and Kenny Williams on defense and Joel Berry running the point. And so that was a, probably one of the more well-rounded teams I've seen. But honestly, that 2018 Villanova Wildcats team, we already mentioned that that was a very impressive team. Yes. Um, uh, very nice answers. And, uh, yeah, talking about the Villanova team, um, I believe their coach retired this past season. Correct? Yeah, he, he did. He, he's gone. And that's a big reason why Villanova now is 14 and 13 and probably won't make the tournament unless they have a spectacular Big East tournament run. Uh, the turnover between Jay Wright and I don't even know their coach right now, but it, it's been it's been rough going. And the Big East is also an amazing conference with at least five teams. Maybe if Seton Hall can win a game where they will be six. But uh, back on all time, do you have a 
a favorite college player or a greatest college player that you uh, really liked watching uh, during your time making predictions? I have a couple. Um, I would have to go, well, of course, Joel Berry. I got to watch him for three years or I, when I was watching UNC basketball. Monte Morris for Iowa State, when he played for Iowa State, was very fun to watch. Uh, Yogi Ferrell for Indiana. I loved watching him play with Thomas Bryant and OG and Nunavi. That was also a really good team. That yeah, was. Uh, in, yeah. in 2016. Um, yeah, those were a couple. Um, I like players that played for a while, not the freshman one and duns. And so that's why I mentioned Yogi Ferrell, Monte Morris, Joel Berry. Uh, Marcus Smart was fun at Oklahoma State. Uh, and Donovan Mitchell was awesome at, um, at Louisville. Yeah, and I'll, I'll also, just, also I'll, Miles Bridges. I would be honest, Miles Bridges at Michigan State was. That, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what, one of my favorites is uh, Buddy Heald on that run. I know they got blown out, blown out by Villanova <laughs> in the Final Four, but destroyed. But Buddy Heald during that run, I, it, it was magical watching him shoot the ball as well as he did. Kevin, do you have a favorite one? I know this is an interview, but I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. We're, we're building up the rapport right now. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, my favorite, um, I'd probably go Max Acemas because that was just fun just seeing him. That was him. a good run. Yeah, great run. Um, then I would also like Chicago. to mention, I would also like to mention uh, Kobe Brown for the University of Missouri. <laughs> That boy knows how to play basketball. I've had the the pleasure of watching him play for the past two years. So he's gonna be he's gonna show out when when he when he gets in the tournament. Yes, and uh, yeah, Kobe Brown I think is a very interesting player, especially uh, when I look at players that could improve their stock with March Madness because I think that's something that's happened. Um, I think Steph Curry did it, um, and then um, I'm trying to think. Who was someone else? Um, I think Ochai, Ochai uh, last year, who's now on the Jazz, was someone I looked into. And um, I think Grady Dick could be someone that could raise his stock. I don't know how you view March Madness and NBA. I know it's more NBA, but anything you can correlate between NBA and March Madness? I would like to add one more player, and I already mentioned him earlier. Malik Monk, when he played for Kentucky. He was we, he was surrounded by De'Aaron Fox at Bam Adebayo and was the best player on that team. He played he played Kentucky played UNC earlier in the season in like December, and he yeah. dropped around forty five points, I think was what it was. And the, the end of score the end of score was like one hundred and six to one hundred three, and he had dropped so many points and hit he he hit three after three after three. He was shooting better than anyone I'd seen play in college basketball, and so Malik Monk was also very impressive to watch. Yeah, that's a that's a really that's a really good one. And uh, to put a, a specific number on his points, forty-seven against UNC in uh, December of that year. So uh, special performance from a special player. And now Fox and Monk obviously play with each other right now on the Kings. So mm-hmm. watching them make a playoff push as they were college teammates and made that long run to the Elite Eight, like you said, is amazing. And that was one of the greatest games ever. Uh, that Luke May shot that obviously ended it, but everything leading up to that and afterwards, there's the whole uh, the highlight of uh, Darren Fox holding Bam as they're both kind of crying there. But it's it's what March Madness is about. It's about desperation. A lot of these players will never play in the tournament again, whether they're one and done or seniors leaving. 
it's it's really intense. But what are some of your uh, front runners this season that you think are real clear contenders to win a championship or at least make it to the final four? Clear contenders. Um, I mentioned Alabama being in disarray, but if they're not in disarray and if they're doing fine, then they're going to go far. They they have a lot of depth and um, their point guard Sears is a uh, he's a phenomenal player. When I got to see him play, he was every time he was on the court, he was a pest. He was going everywhere. Um, some other clear front runners this year. Um, I have to like think about it because I don't. I mean the Houston, Houston definitely they're going to play good defense no matter what. Um, I don't think Purdue is going to be very good. Um, because they rely too much on Zach Eady. Um, yeah, he, Zach Eady is very good, but I don't think he's good enough to carry them. Um, I like Texas. Texas could do well. Same with Virginia. Uh, Tennessee could pull something out uh, out of nowhere, like because they've been very hit or miss, but they could they could get on a hot streak and do very well. Um, and then there are a couple sleepers that could be like Northwestern. Uh, TCU, a and playing very well. They could go pretty far. Um, and so, yeah, those are a couple names to look out for. How much, do you take, how much do you take stock in uh, conference tournaments? Because those are obviously right before the uh, March Madness starts. So how much does conference tournaments ma- uh, matter? If a team loses in the first round of their conference tournament to their fans or anybody else be worried, does that influence your picks? Or how do you go about doing that? You see – Every time I've seen someone do well in a conference tournament, they've done decently well in the play, in the in the tournament. Um, like I mentioned, Oregon State uh, won their the Pac-12 in 2021 and ended up going to the Elite Eight. Um, I what about guess. Georgetown, though, sorry to interrupt, but I know you said that year you you didn't pick them to go far, and you were correct. But what was the difference there between Oregon State? And Georgetown, two teams that were both 12 seeds that weren't projected to make the tournament, but only because of a long conference tournament run, they made it. So what, what was the difference between those teams? Competition. Um, I think Oregon State had a tougher road in, in the conference championship. Georgetown, uh, remind me what conference they are in again? The Big East. The Big East. So they, they, they had to play like Villanova, right? Yeah. So the reason why I didn't look at Georgetown is because um, – I pretty much watched them play and they just didn't seem like they meshed well together. They had a really good run, but they, it was kind of like, it looked like it was going to, it was too good to be true. Whereas Oregon state, they actually were like hitting all of their shots. They were moving well around the court. They were, they were coached very well. Um, and so Georgetown, maybe it was just a funny feeling. Maybe it was a funny feeling that uh-huh. I got. And so, the teams they went to, Georgetown went to Marquette, Villanova, Seton Hall, and Creighton. Those are good. That's a good four teams. That's a good four teams. But huh, let me look back at that. Maybe it was that roster. I don't know. Oh, that, that's, there, I, I, I had a reason that's not coming to me. But <laughs> I wish it was coming to me right now since this is like a very serious job interview. So it's not, it's not looking good for me right now. But it's, um, it's not too serious. But, oh, no, that's serious. It's, it's serious for me. Well, that, that's true. Austin and I are enjoying this interview. Oh, yeah. It, it's chill, but for him, <laughs> it's serious. That's true. That's true. Very true. Um, yeah, you guys don't have to – you guys don't have to lose your job. You guys are controlling. Um, 
I don't think I think one of the reasons was their defense. Um, and I yeah, they were two hundred and six in defensive rating that year. So yeah, that could so. have been that was one of your big three names. So mm-hmm. I'll give you some credit there. That was probably one of the reasons. I, I may just be a salty person that did believe in Georgetown because they won the conference tournament. They went <laughs> they went through four insane teams. I I, yeah. I, I believed it. I was wrong. I, I will say I was wrong, and that's why we have to hire you as the expert, right? Because I, I was also wrong. like the, I also didn't like that they're they didn't perform very well in the regular season. Like they didn't show any consistency throughout the entire season. Um, they had those really good wins against uh, Marquette, Villanova. Um, more than Seton Hall, Creighton, Creighton, Seton Hall, yeah. Creighton. But if I remember correctly, they were just barely scratching over 500 that year. Um, and so I didn't like that. I didn't like that they didn't perform well against teams like um, I don't know. They, I think they, I don't, they, I think UConn was a team that I didn't think they played well against. Um, but they, they didn't show enough consistency for me. And whereas Oregon State did. Okay, that's fair. Now, uh, on on the other side of front runners, what are some Cinderellas that could that um, you think could make a big run? Cinderellas this year, um, definitely. Right now, uh, Texas A and M looks poised and ready for for a tournament run. Um, they've impressed. I think they've won six straight, six six or seven straight. Um, honestly, if Missouri gets their button gear, then maybe they have a shot at going to the Elite Eight, but that's very hit or miss. Um, I don't know. Would you – does top 25 – do you have to be in the – is anyone in the top 25 considered a Cinderella team if they go far? No, I wouldn't say so. I would say any team that is below – oh, they could be. Uh, seven and below is really where I consider Cinderella. So if you're seven and below and you make it far, that's a Cinderella run. Like even though in 1985, Bill never won the championship as an eight seed, I consider that a Cinderella run because you're not mm-hmm. supposed to make it past your second round. Yeah. Well, it, a six could play a five or how, uh, that works, but, or a six plays a three, I guess, but that's not that big. But when you get four different, so a, a two has to play a seven, uh, a seven mm-hmm. has to play two, so they're not supposed to make it out of the sec- uh, the first weekend. So I'd say any, would t- say any team you consider seven or below. I would say, okay, in that case, based on the bracketology currently, based on the bracket we have right now, uh, Missouri's got a good shot. They're a 10 seed. I like Memphis. I li- they're also a 10 seed. Um, uh, Rutgers? Rutgers might have a shot. Rutgers have shown a lot of consistency throughout. Didn't they? Who beat a – yeah, they, they, they always they beat, end up pulling out a couple teams. Yeah, I think they beat Purdue. Yeah. I, I do agree also on Missouri. That's a team that I kind of think of prime Cinderella because it seems like they're hit or miss sometimes. It, I think if they have good three-point shooting, um, they'll be a very good team because their defense is great. And if they can get a lot of turnovers, I think that can fuel their offense. But it's just – to me, there's like – very a lot of things that have to go right and then they can flip that switch Mm -hmm. i agree with the missouri pick and not because i go to the university of missouri because they score at a very high rate they're also very phenomenal very good defensively their only issue and the reason why i'm skeptical about them is that they're very poor at rebounding and that's one of my criteria 
And so, but they did show uh, a lot of rebounding prowess against uh, Mississippi State the other day who had size on us. And uh, we, we rebounded the ball very well. And so uh, if that's a sign of things to come, then I think Missouri's actually got a good shot at it. Austin, do you view A&M as a Cinderella or I'm not sure. I just feel they're too good to be a Cinderella. Uh, It's, it's close. I mean, considering the bracketology they have them, it's one of the teams that keeps moving up. So by the time we get to the bracket, they could be a a five seed or even a six seed. I mean, it depends. Um, I don't necessarily know if I consider them. One right now there are six seeds, so they would not meet my criteria. Like I said, it's seven or below. Uh, but they could fall, I guess. But I don't think so. They're playing way too well right now. They're one mm-hmm. of the best teams in the SEC, in my opinion. And as, as someone who watches a lot of SEC basketball, just consistently, they are up there. They have had some impressive wins. And a team I'm not really high on. A team I think will lose in the first round, just to give a little bit of a precursor to our prediction video, is Tennessee. I am off of Tennessee. I do not believe in them at all. Even though they have a good defense, they're too inconsistent for me to commit to. But yeah, I just brought that up, Jake, because um, I do think a and a very good team. It's just I'm, I really have no idea why they're – I don't see them on the rankings for the AP or the AP rankings. So I'm curious, do you what, – what do you think of the top 25 AP rankings? The top 25 is funky um, because being a Mizzou fan and wanting them to be ranked a lot and seeing a lot of teams, we have like, I think the stat was that I saw was we have like five quad one wins and haven't lost in a quad, like anyone outside the quad one. And so, I don't know, I think it was something like that, but it, we had a, better record than some of the teams in the top 25 and have beaten a lot of the top, uh, at least three or four top five, 25 teams. And so, and I'm sure there are, there are a number of teams that are like that. Like NC state probably deserves a spot over Iowa state because Iowa state is very inconsistent. And so the AP top 25 is funky to me because um, a lot of teams get left out and a lot of teams get to don't get punished for losses such as Tennessee or, um, a, a Baylor name recognition matters. It really does. It does. I, I, you should not pay. And this is more to the viewer. No one should pay attention to the top 25 and making bracket predictions. It's, it's name recognition, honestly. Mm-hmm. All right. I um, agree. Do you have any more? Uh, oh, did I interrupt you Austin? Any more? No, uh, I'm okay. Basketball questions. Um, then uh, Jake, we want to, any other things you do when it's not March or maybe you do something on the side during March when you're not watching basketball? Are we talking about sports or just in general? Just in general. Any, anything you like to do for fun? Anything I like to do for fun. Well, uh, to go, if we're, I'll start with sports. I watch baseball. I watch all the sports, mostly baseball. Baseball is my sport. Um, but outside of sports, um, I mean, I love watching movies. I am a big film fanatic and, so I will watch movies all the time. Same with TV shows. Uh, and so I'm, I'm big into that stuff. Um, I, I love music. I listen to a lot of music. Um, I've been on this like musical journey recently. I'm listening to albums I never listened to. Can you believe I had never listened to Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd? 
That's I, I finally wow. Yeah, I finally <laughs> sat down and listened to it, and so I'm doing that currently. I'm also involved in a comedy club at, at, at the University of Missouri called Late Night Mizzou, where I write skits and produce them, direct them, act in them, all that stuff. And so uh, I'm doing a lot. I'm and being a stratcom slash advertising major, I'm starting to build some um, interest in that and uh, some knowledge there. Well, that's a great job. Uh, very nice. Um, very, very nice qualities. And uh, I like the plug for Late Night Zoo. We've seen them on YouTube. Um, but uh, since you're a big movie person, we'll, we'll ask you a few movie questions. Okay. Uh, because March is pretty stacked um, with movies. Are, what's one movie you're looking forward to this March? You're going to make me narrow it down to one? Uh, you can list two. <laughs> Uh, well, first off, I'm hearing a lot of big things about Creed 3. Um, I love the Rocky series with all my heart, and Creed 1 and 2 were phenomenal. And so, well, Creed 1 was phenomenal. Creed 2 was good. <laughs> but Creed 3 is, I'm hearing a lot of great things, and Jonathan Majors is in it, and I'm at a point where I will watch anything with Jonathan Majors. Uh, John Wick 4 uh, comes out towards the end of March, and that is, I'm sold on that series. I will see every tv show they po- throw out i will see every movie anything in that in that universe that they've built is, is fascinating so those are two films that i'm really excited for and then um we'll get a little bit of a critical side what out of these three movies which one is the best movie a avatar 2 b puss in boots 2 3 the batman not to get confused with batman but the batman which released last March. Well, uh, I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but it is the Batman. Um, it is not Puss in Boots 2. Puss in Boots 2 is phenomenal, but the Batman was very impressive. Writing-wise, they made it three hours. See, I can see it on your faces. I can see it on your faces. Everyone Puss everyone in... can see your face, Austin. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Puss in Boots 2 was a great film, but the Batman was a little more impressive based uh, simply because of the state of DC and because of all the junk that they were throwing out year after year after year from Warner Bros. For them to like take a step back and come out with something like that um, was very, very refreshing for me. Um, so are you giving points to the movie because DC's been so bad recently? Is that part of the part of the process? of? I'm giving points to the production and to the director and, and the writers for recognizing this is bad this is what we need to to go forward with and they saw it and they it's very obvious they saw seven by david fincher and we're like we got we got to put batman in there um but like we all know seven is widely considered one of the better films ever made and so so no spoilers hmm? i haven't seen seven so no spoilers i won't be spoiling anything how have you not seen that movie one but Austin, there are many movies you could say that I have not seen that I should have yeah. seen. But I, I, I do agree that. with you, Jake. I, lo- I love the Batman. That's the one I would pick, even though Puss in Boots is a close second. I'm just not a fan I of Batman. I would, I would probably have to take Puss in Boots. That's... It's a close oh, second. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it's, it's... Avatar. Well, you see, Avatar, if we're talking about the spectacle that it is, it is so amazingly, it is beautiful to watch. Because, Kevin, I, I remember asking you this at the movie theater when we still see it. Which movie would you yeah. watch again? Avatar, you could watch it many times because it's just so beautiful. Watching it in, in, in its own universe is just amazing. 
you find something that, new. It, it, how was it ever made like that? How are these people not actual? How are these avatars not? How, I, 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 I don't understand it, which is part of the reason why I love watching Avatar so many times. But if we're talking as a movie by itself, I think Puss in Boots is the best out of three. Ooh, very nice. Very true. I think, you, were, I think they were. I think they were. What was that? What were you saying? I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say um, the thing about Avatar and why it's a lot of people are like, oh, wow, it looks so good, but we need to like recognize technically. A lot of people don't recognize why it's so, why it looks so good. I mean, yeah. two of the hardest things to animate, I think, in for CGI is water and faces, and it was it looked flawless. Every bit of water that was CGI, and it yeah, no, like no, it, it, it's, it, it. I I love watching the movie because it blows my mind. I've watched it so many times, I can't even count. It's they got just, a, they got emotions and pores and the way the skin stretches when you talk everything is like that that is so difficult to animate they did it flawlessly. Yeah, I, no. it's one of the most impressive movies I've ever seen. Just just yeah. on how it's made, it it literally blows my mind. I have no <laughs> I I could not even begin to explain how it's made. It's very very impressive. Do you, do you have a problem with the Batman, Austin? Because you're making a lot of like facial or disconcern. You better not bring up that scene. You better not bring up that scene. <laughs> oh, I swear to right. God. There's we're that scene, gonna... Austin. No, Shoot, we're uh, not going to talk about it. I think we're going to have to tell the viewers. I think that was a big point in why you didn't like the Batman. Because you love Batman. These bozos oh, don't know Batman. basic physics. These bozos don't know basic physics. All right. <laughs> <laughs> It it, you, it, you, it was clear and obvious that uh, something happened, but Jake believed it didn't happen. It's not uh, clear and obvious. It is very. I not think clear we and can obvious. clarify spoilers if you have not seen the Batman. Yes, these but, are very big spoilers. Yeah. Do Do you want me? Or yeah, you? yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin, you explain it. Okay, so I called Austin after the movie because he's a huge Batman fan. I was like, this is pretty good Batman. It was made by a Batman fan, Matt Reeves. Shout out the Batman nerd. And um, he was like, well, she got shot. The mayor got shot in the gut. I'm like, that's kind of, that's true. So you didn't like the ending. I was like, that's like, I, I get your point. Like she was shot in the gut. But that's where the disagreement starts. So Jake, you're. Austin wanted Bella Royale to die. I didn't he want her, her to die. die. I didn't want her to die. She should have died. <laughs> Well, my point is that if you look back at the scene, uh, she, the, when she gets shot, when the gunshot is made, she makes a motion back with her shoulder like this. And that, based on impact, why would she move her Did, shoulder like this if she got shot in the gut? And then the person no carries her off by she her shoulder. She carries her off by her other arm. Her other arm and her arm is like up here like this. And the argument that they're making is that, is that she's holding her wound right here. It's because she can't move her arm. Her, her arm is immobile and so she's holding it like this and so and at the end of that that shot she looks up right here and puts her other hand right here on her shoulder because she just got shot here i've explained it to you guys multiple times but they refuse to they're they're impossible to, to they're impossible my other argument too is austin and i agree on this like wholeheartedly yeah she was shot in the gut and austin and i have very ways varying ways of how we agree on something We've disagreed on how something happened, but we agree on the final goal. 
So I, I think there's some, there's some truth to her getting shot in the gut. There's but not many things that Kevin and I fully agree on. There's, there's, oh, this, this will happen or this will happen. Like we both agreed that the, uh, no, we did. We agree to the Chiefs. We agreed the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. But okay. so, like, we'll agree yeah, with what we, happened, but we won't yeah. say the score is right, or we'll pick a different uh, Super Bowl MVP, which we did. But no, we are wholehearted about that is exactly what happened in the movie. So that, I guess that, no, I guess that means you're right. I guess I mean, of course, you two, I, yeah, if you two yeah, believe yeah, it. it I, if you two believe it, then yeah. But I have done extensive yeah. research on this one scene. I've went over because it really bothered me, and so I was like <laughs> watching it over and over again, and I was like trying to find a reason to, to agree with you, but I just couldn't. I was, I just couldn't because it's not that hard to try to find a reason. I'm just, what, was the call good hard. enough it was on hard. the video you were watching? Yeah, was Jake that? pulls up this. 480p video to show us that it was definitely uh, what he had said. It was bootleg. I'm sorry. It was a bootleg. <laughs> it was a bootleg version. So, so it, it came out on HBO Max finally. And I showed Kevin, and I was like, "Look, she no, looks a better shoulder." You never showed it to me on HBO Max. I did Max. show it to you. I swear to God, I did. <laughs> when? It was back. Um, it was in here. It was in this. It was in this living room. It was not I, in this place. I swear we did. I swear it was we not. did. All right, maybe no. we gotta do it. I don't know. I, I, you've seen the film more. Like you should have seen what we saw the first time we saw. It. How many times have you seen the film? I've seen it twice. How many times have you seen the film? I think three times. Yeah, I've seen, seen it. I've, I've seen it about yeah. six six times now because I had to take six? multiple. Dang. Well, I was like, people were like, "Can you go to the movie see that me with me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." I, I got that like three times. And so I saw I saw it twice and then I bootlegged it once with and watched it with a couple friends. Yeah, I watched it with my grandfather once. I watched it with myself or the big group we did. I watched it with Victoria. I watched it with Colin Ke- Colin Blaze, and then I watched it with my mom and my brother. I watched it with my dad, and then I watched it with myself two or three times. So that's probably around eight times. And and oh, wow. each time, it, I mean, I've seen it and seen that scene million times, not really a million times, eight times, and then uh, it's. It, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed my opinion based on based on the physics of the way she was shot and the end scene and the fact that she has her arm in a cast at the end, and so um, she got cast. she. Yeah, it was covered by her jacket at the end when she was in her uh, doing her uh, statement, but her arm was. I think you could see her arm like this through her jacket. Maybe maybe her arm got broken from Commissioner Gordon just yanking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dislocated shoulder. That's what that was. <laughs> All right, all right. If you guys say so. All right. Well, maybe uh, I'll go watch it because I yeah, like yeah. something in the way. <laughs> great song. I don't. I, I kind of want to connect this all together, though. What? So this will be college basketball and movies. What college basketball season, game, event would be best portrayed in a movie, or should be portrayed in a movie? I feel like it could be. Hold on, let me let me do some research really quick before I make my answer. I feel like it could be. Do we do we remember the name Kevin Ware? Yes, Louisville. Yeah. Yes, I feel like he. I don't know how good he was. I don't remember how good he was. He was obviously good enough to be playing, but. He, he was pretty good. I he feel was like fine. 
there could be a film about the struggles of that PT, uh, the, 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 I don't know how scared he was in the moment, but I feel like it, maybe that could be it, but it could be different. It could be the, um, a lot, it could even be like the seniors. It's about being away from the game and not being able to, to continue to play or the, uh, the loss of what kept the, you going for so long. Um, I feel like it could be like a Kevin Ware or like a senior who doesn't like get to play basketball anymore. And it's like the, the, that not guilt or regret, but that the feeling of that loss of something big in your life, which would be basketball for them, college basketball. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that could be something like that. So like Kevin Ware or any big injury that lost, that ruined a career. I mean, that's, that's very basic off the top of my head. I mean, it could, it's a very. It's a very cliche idea, very, oh, really? very common idea of like deal, dealing with something you've lost, but it, it's, it's right there. It's, it, it could be a film and it could be successful. I didn't, I didn't view it as cliche. I think it was a good, it's a good idea. So. I've really yeah, thought about I, college basketball films. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's a, probably a good one. I, I thought of some others, one being Kimball Walker. And the reason why Kimball Walker, Kimba's from Bronx, New York. And the conference tournament that year for the Big East, when he hit that huge shot and obviously won that conference tournament to help him get into the tournament, was in New York. And he was playing there, basically hometown, very close to the Bronx, and was playing some of his best basketball of his entire career. And that ended up, they went on, I think, an 11-game win streak to end the year. And I think there, there's a whole like documentary series called the 11 or something like that. I'm trying to find it right now, but it's a very good docu-series. I'd love to see a movie though about it because it was, it was amazing. I feel like there could be a very, very good, um, or like a half decent Christian film about Loyola Marymount and sister Jean. Ooh, um, ooh, that could, that, would, that would be good. That would be good. I was that thinking, would be good. That was a good one. I was thinking Duke, and like you play on the cliche because they almost seemed like Coach K in his final season, and you thought like he was going to make it to the big tournament, but then turns out yeah, but he's already it's it's less sincere because he's already won before, so it's not all that serious that he didn't win his last year. It well, almost yeah. have to be like this is a football one, but like Dan Marino in his last playoff game, got blown out by 55, and he never won a Super Bowl. And that was really his last chance. He won a game before that. But it, it would have to be one of those where you've never won before. Like Jake said, a senior last game. Like Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald would be a good one because he was mm-hmm. so he was so good that entire run, and they get destroyed. And how do you deal with that knowing that you gave it your all and you lost by Forty in the final four after everything you've done for the school, I think would be a good one. But the thing with Buddy Heald is he ended up going to the NBA. How about a player who did that and it doesn't go to the NBA? Like that's true. But uh, Buddy's also, I think Buddy will also be a good story because he's one of the few players from the Bahamas. It, mm-hmm. it, it would be because uh, he didn't have much growing up. But yes, if he didn't have much growing up, had that great run, and didn't go to the NBA, I think that probably would be the best story. And I'd probably have to do a lot more research to find one. That is uh, synonymous with that. Yeah, good idea.
Uh, that's good. That's a good way to wrap up the episode. So thank you, Jake, for joining us. Uh, agents will be in contact with you. Um, follow us on Instagram and uh, we're being active there and uh, Twitter. So Jake, we'll reach out to you and uh, let you know the final results. Thank, thank you. Thank you for and, the opportunity, uh, guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate it.